this is the Life and Soul podcast by me, Emma Forbes. This year has really been a year. Amidst the madness, we've all had a time to reflect on what we most appreciate in life. I want to find out from some brilliant people what makes them tick, asking them what really gives them life and what really feeds their soul. I find out whether priorities have changed, whether they've stopped striving to do everything right here, right now. So please join me for this episode of the Life and Soul podcast. Joined today by a man I love. I have danced with him, but not in the way I'm going to describe. I've known him for years, but equally, Anton Debeck, just to see your lovely face in your beautiful room today is a joy. Thank you. You have brightened my day up no end. I can't even begin to tell you. Well, I want to tell you just something to make you laugh because the last time, one of the last times I saw you, I say I know you and I've danced with you. You and I were at a charity event. We always used to just have a bit of a dance and you were so sweet. And you said to me, you must put yourself up for Strictly and I would be your partner. And I was like, oh my God, like, yes, right. And I obviously had already got to the glitter ball in my mind that you and I were going to be I mean, yeah. obviously, because you don't go into it thinking you're not going to get that glitter ball, right? Uh, so I tell my mother who you're her favorite, you know, so she's like, this is amazing, amazing. You know, so I go, okay, so I get my agent onto it and they set up a meeting. I think it was series two. Oh, and wow. I meet somebody who should remain nameless. I actually also can't remember her name, but that's all I know about her. Um, <gasps> in Shepherd's Bush and we go for this drink and I'm super excited and I sort of dress vaguely strictly like I had on something kind of sparkly and I sat and she couldn't have been sweeter and we have a cup of coffee and then we stayed and we're having a little drink and she goes you know the thing is you know can you tell me something sort of more about you like what more is there sort of to you so I kind of went well I, mean, I don't know I'm you know I'm kind of... anyway it was hilarious she said you're just not interesting enough she said I'm just going to be completely honest she said it's just not enough wow. to, you to wow. be on it like there just there just isn't and I was like okay okay that that's that but anyway my mother devastated obviously and me devastated because I had visions Anton I had visions of you and I listen they are not dead those visions <laughs> you must rekindle those visions <laughs> I've got a bit of time on my hands right now. We should we should do something <laughs> privately. Forgo the lockdown. We should bubble together. Oh God! Well, on our natural turn and double reverse spin. Well, I mean, what can you say? Anyway, all I can tell you is I am the most massive fan. It doesn't matter. I've been a massive fan of you. I'm a massive fan of Strictly. And I, when I was knew I was doing this interview, I, I oh I saw you on TV and you just said the saddest thing ever in lockdown <laughs> is doing it without an audience. What's lovely are that the pros and the celebrities are in the room. Well, uh, thank God. We're in the room together and we're just, and it's just them uh, around little round tables. We're all in the same boat together and it's there is that lovely support for everybody. And and, and that's nice, but it's not quite the raw. It's not the same, is it? I did and Whittacombe across the dance floor that you don't get reaction quite the same way that you would No, do. and it was always such a sort of like a celeb filled audience too because people bring in friends and that was how part of the fun was seeing like their partner's reaction to to that and the whole I mean I the whole thing is sort of such a spectacular thing but I mean the great news is I guess in this very crazy world that we live in is at least it's happening yeah well I think it's the best thing for everybody I think that when Strictly started that first show you know and you, you've got 
Giovanni with his top off and the, it, the girls are <laughs> doing eye backflips and Craig's being rude about somebody and I've got a top hat and a cane and and <laughs> we all sort of breathe a heart, huge yeah. sigh of relief and go, yes, just a hint of normality. I think that's it. And I can honestly say, like, for my mum, who's, you know, 86 and in, you know, isolation on her own, it's the kind of telly, and of course, Bruce was such a part of that from having been, like, at the Generation Game and everything. It's that proper family entertainment. It's safe for us all to watch. It's it's escapism. It's yeah. fake tans. Although you're looking kind of pale. I think lockdown, they haven't sprayed you as much. <laughs> To be honest with you, <laughs> I have a harsh light going on right have now. Have you? Okay, good to I, know. I hope you're still tanned. I hope you're still tanned underneath all of that. From here down, I am a, a walnut sideboard. <laughs> <laughs> it is that safe entertainment, isn't it? It's that sort of, it's what we all, well, it's what I grew up with. It was everything from like yeah. the Morecambe and Wise Christmas show yeah. to the Generation Game and strictly ticks that box big time. Oh, it's it is that, and it's they use that horrific um, expression these days about television shows, like strictly they call it event TV. Uh, But I mean, what it really means is that we watch it as a family, and that's the joy, really. All ages and generations sit and watch strictly, and then talk about it, talk the same language. Well, there's so Uh, many channels people can go. I want to watch cartoons, somebody else watching National Geographic, somebody else watching a murder mystery. Like, we don't have to do anything together anymore at all. No, absolutely. And Strictly brings us all together, and that's the joy of it, really. And it brings a sort of nation together, because the nation can be uh, involved in the show by voting for their particular favourite or, you know, the people they want to save. And so everybody's invested in it, and it's lovely. So we're all doing it together. I've always maintained that the BBC don't make Strictly Come Dancing for themselves. It's And they don't really own the um, the show, they're custodians of the show, really. It's actually the audience's show. It's the people sitting at home investing in the show. It's their show and it should yeah. be made they, the way they want it to be made. And I think that's really, really important. I think it's but- also that, that it's, it's, it's lovely. Like I always see you with, you know, your, your, your humour, you're just so brilliant with people that you get because it's a huge task. I mean, we can all joke about it, but to learn how to do ballroom dancing with people that have literally never done anything is is no mean feat. I mean, you whisk them around and I just, I just well, it's just amazing, really. Well, you're, <laughs> thank you very much. The, the pros are incredible, really, uh, at that because <laughs> you've got to take somebody who's never danced a step before, generally yep. speaking, a bit of an experience, but doing what we're doing, you've taken from never having danced a set before and invariably being pretty out of shape as well. Um, And suddenly they're in the studio for eight hours a day, uh, putting together these routines that they've got to perform, not just get through or pull off. They've got to perform to everybody. And get technical things right. Oh, and it's the technique that builds the performance. So you've got to learn the technique and then you've got to build the performance on top of that. And and you've got about four days to do it. <laughs> Good luck with that. And yeah. then you've got them over there, those who shall not be mentioned, criticising. <laughs> what do you mean criticising? I'm amazed people that don't stop and go, I'm sorry, Dave, you'll have to turn that music off. I don't know what I'm doing. I forgot what I'm... I mean, it's lovely to listen to. I to carry on, we'll just stand here and listen. Well, it's a lovely yeah. beat. We're doing something now. I can't remember what it is. I'm amazed more people just don't stop. Literally, halfway through a routine, I'm done. No, well, I'm I think they don't because of all of you lovely pros that basically you can see have learnt 
not only the act of ventriloquacy, because I can, you know, I, I know you're, not, you, you're kind of under your breath, I'm sure, kind of going to the left, to the left. No, 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 well done, I'm sure. It's when they go, which, which one's that then? And you go, you choose, follow you. And <laughs> I couldn't be a, a bigger fan. You've got my whole family are addicted to Strictly. Oh. And as I say, I've watched you over, the, you know, all of these episodes and, I, and I've sort of loved it. And now I know you're a dad as well. Congrats, I've seen you since you've become a dad, which is just so great. And I'm, so I'm guessing that lockdown for you was, was probably kind of a rare moment to be at home and be with your family and, and quite enjoy that little age. Cause I know they're quite little. So those are bits that you might've missed. Well, they're three and a half. Uh, well, they're not now, they're, they'll be four in March. So they were about three and a half. They, they, they turned three just at the beginning of lockdown one. They were at nursery and then suddenly they weren't, they shut it all down. So we, and then I had nothing to do, but in, in, in my game, all the sort of all the live stuff that we do got shut down, as you know. So it was just us together yeah. and it was brilliant. We went through potty training. We went through so much together of the, those uh, that I would have missed really. And it was just amazing. It's been, it was the best thing ever. And then, in when would it have been September? They started nursery, but at the school that they're because they're a boy and a girl, twins yeah. um, at, at the school that they'll be going to. So they do the first sort of year, which is nursery, and they and they just and it was lovely because they just went in happy and delighted and ready and good to go. And it and but those how long, how long was it now? Four months or something we had together it was just Seems like twelve years. But yeah, like, no, you've... fourteen years together was. <laughs> Just lovely. <laughs> no, I, I did think of that. Well, I mean, and also because you wouldn't have had to do the, the homeschooling. You had them at that sort of age where you could just have fun with them. And I'm presuming that you and your gorgeous wife, I mean, I have this vision. Obviously, I live in America and there's that Julianne and Derek Hoff, brother and sister yeah. dancing team. Yes. You very cleverly, you both created your own, you've, you've, you've got a little dance duo there. They yeah. could be. Oh, they're doing tremendously. Because George, although they're twins, George is slightly bigger than Henrietta or Rara, as we call her Rara. I call her Rara because George yeah. couldn't say Henrietta when he used to call her Rara. And uh, Hannah, my wife, says, you can't be calling her Rara. It's ridiculous. And I say, well, I can't not because I love it so much. And she's going to be forever called Rara. Rara, come in, darling. <laughs> And it's going to be a nightmare. I'm going to be that dad. You're going to be that dad. But you have to be. You have to be that dad. So are they doing, are they in intensive training in COVID or are they just allowed to do it when they like to for their dance routines? I mean, where are they? Are we on the, the tango, the salsa? Oh, no, we do an hour of bar every morning. And, <laughs> and then we go into full sort of technical ballroom dancing. And, yeah. Georgie, posture, darling, posture, posture. George, lift her up higher, higher, but not Georgie. too high. Presage, darling, presage. Up she goes. I love it. I've got very high hopes, but I'm so glad you had a good COVID because I've everybody I've interviewed, I've chatted like there's there's actually always been for everybody I've interviewed so far, people, there's been a good to it, which I think we've had yeah. to find because it's been such a an awful thing in the world. And I guess in the in in your world of dancing. You must take faith in that 100 years ago, after the last Spanish pandemic, came the Roaring Twenties, and then everybody danced like nobody's business. So that's what I'm hoping. It was roaring, let me tell you. Roaring. Yeah. Not that we were there. I'm just saying it was <laughs> It was roaring, wasn't it? Some led to believe. 
And um, I'm looking forward to that bit. Yes, yeah, so am I. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm going to go on tour as soon as I'm allowed to forever. Because um, you don't realise how much, if, well, I, when I say one, doesn't realise how much one misses being on stage in front of an audience and putting on a show really there's nothing like putting on a show i know it's a bit and also you and giovanni you you put a show together haven't you the two of you and i are going to do one in the summer yeah which is i mean normally i do one uh january february march with erin and we do it with the big orchestra with a couple of fabulous singers lance from strictly uh, uh, is one of our singers We've got extra dancers as well we put this big lush fabulous show i think it's the biggest touring show in the uk actually because we've got a 25 piece orchestra on stage with us as well fantastic absolutely fabulous and we've been doing it for about 12 years and unfortunately next year 21 2021 we as i say we always do it january february march that's been postponed until 22 so mm-hmm. in the summer i'm going to do um, a show with giovanni we're going to go out together and do a show and I'm really excited about it because it's not something I've done before and it's going to be fun and it's going to be, it's going to be a song and dance show and, and we're going to have some chat, but there's going to be, there's going to be no orchestra on stage, but it's going to be crammed full of dancers. So we're going to have dancers, probably about a dozen dancers or something and us as well. It's going to be fabulous. I'm really, really looking forward. Oh, I think that's great. And I also think people will really relish that. I think everybody is craving that sort of, as you say, live it's entertainment. It's going to be a bit boring to enter, actually. The dancing is going to be immense. I mean, I, I'm really excited about it, actually. I can't wait. Well, you've done a lot of things that are things you've never done before, because I know, you know, A, you've, you've got an amazing voice and you've you've released albums and things like that. And I didn't really know that before, but I listened to you very loudly in my car because I love a show tune. But also you're writing, like you've become a Sunday Times bestseller. Let's just kind of go there. And you've got a new book coming out, A Christmas to Remember. And I love it because... I haven't got that one yet, but I got your previous one because I, I, I couldn't get a copy out here fast enough. But I've read the synopsis, so I know I'm going to love it. But yes. I love it because you, you're, again, it's that, it's almost like old style entertainment. You do proper sort of writing of things that I that people just love to read about. A bit of romance, a bit of glamour, a bit of everything. You know what they say, write about what you know. And I've described the first novel, this is the third in the series, although they are standalone as um, it's sort of the story of my life without being autobiographical. It was just everything I've ever heard, everything I love, every sort of experience of, it's set in the Buckingham Hotel. So it's it's a sort of a melange of all these wonderful hotels I've performed in with the, the Grand Ballroom there. And that's a melange of these incredible ballrooms with the Archie Adams Orchestra, which is a melange. I love, I love a melange. A melange of, uh, is such a great, I'm loving melange too. Uh, all these fantastic orchestras I've I've danced in front of and sang with and and so uh, and I love upstairs and downstairs and I love that oh. intro uh, and you know the goings on and and that time is set in 19, this one's set in 1938 so it's just before the Second World War so all that was going on there as well and the history of all that and the let's say the intrigue really of all the I, I don't want to use the word spies but uh, espionage and things like that uh, yeah. so that was going on within the hotel as well. So I'm really excited about these novels because it's all my favourite things. How do you write, Anton? Do you, do you, are you like a solo writer? Are you on a computer? Are you high tech? Are you sort of sitting with a notepad and pen? No, I'm a, I'm a, a narrator. Uh, yeah. 
described me once as like Barbara Cartland. So I immediately went and bought a chaise lounge and some extra, a few yards of chiffon and uh, started drinking Pink Ladies. Um, <laughs> virgin Pink Ladies, obviously. Obviously. And, and somebody feeding you grapes while you're writing and dictating. Yeah, Chucking them from the other side of the room. Yeah. Right. Not so hard. And so I narrate, I narrate the, I narrate it. So, and as I do that, I sort of wander around and I go, and that, and, and, and off they go. And someone's tapping away. And it's wonderful because they go, that, that doesn't make any sense. They tap away, look over the shoulder, don't make any sense. I went, all right. That's a criteria. <laughs> you buy it first before you put it <laughs> And, and it's a lovely thing for me because I don't, I don't have, um, I say I don't have a massive ego. We, we all sort of do, literally. But I'm happy with criticism, and I'm happy to, I'm happy to be steered or, or, or suggested to. You know, say no, no, that's yeah. not going to work. Or do you think that's the right way to go? And I go, all right, all right, we'll do this then, because it's all milling around in my head, and the characters I see, I see them all in my mind's eye. I know exactly how they look. I know exactly what they're wearing. I know exactly how they speak. Like Maynard Charles, for example, always reminds me of Derek Jacobi. <laughs> yeah immediately straight in boom yeah and I love that and, and that's the way I do it and um, I think that's a rather fantastic way to do it to be honest I think that because it's a way of also performing it in a way and acting it out and and it's entertaining in itself my feeling about the novels really are the same as I, I think about choreography I do it in the same way it's always the beginning that I struggle with, if you like. I always have to go, right, how are we going to start this? And I've got to have a great bit. It's the same with choreography. How am I going to start this? I don't want to just yeah. stand on the middle of the floor and go, all right, Dave, cue music, and go into something. I need something. And the same way I'm walking onto stage. I need a, something to get on with. And so once I've got that, I, I, then I'm, I'm, I'm flying, really. And I want the, yeah. the novels to feel that you... Do you remember, you know, the, I said this before, but you know the beginning of My Fair Lady, they get through the credits yes. uh, and the, the overture. And then there's that set piece where everybody's still and then suddenly they go dunk, into the movie and everyone starts going around their business. Da, 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 and off they go. And, da, da, da. and I love that. You sort of walk into the movie. It's as though you've walked into Covent Garden and suddenly the movie's going on around you. And that's how I feel about the novel. I want people to open the front cover. And, and, and on this uh, uh, novel, Christmas to Remember, the first page is the announcement of the engagement of Raymond de Guise and Nancy Nettleton. And you sort of open it there and there it is. And then suddenly you're being invited into the wedding uh, that goes, that's uh, Christmas at the end of the book. And I feel like you walk up the steps to the, entrance of the hotel and there's a doorman there and he opens the door and as you open the first page you walk into the novel that's the feeling I have and that's what I hope people do they sort of immerse themselves and you know step into the novel and sort of sit in the foyer of the hotel and watch all this stuff going on they can hear the Archie Adams orchestra over there playing and and suddenly you get a sweeping moment there with Raymond de Guise and Helen Marchmont dancing across the floor in a demonstration dance and somebody's wandering over there in the restaurant oh it's well again it's it's proper it's proper old-fashioned entertainment but it, it it's escapism it takes you with it I mean to me if a book doesn't grab me in that first page I tend to not pick it up again I I mean I'm a big believer that if you don't get 
like you you do need that sort of instant like oh I'm in there I care about these people I care about what happens and 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 I think you do that brilliantly I think you're very you you're just, well you know it's a gift it's a gift to be able to do all these things you've got a lot of gifts going on actually well, the dancing always... the singing and now the writing it's almost irritating and you do presenting ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show <laughs> oh my goodness I'm delighted you could all come I love it. I love it. And I think, you know, as I say, over the years when you and I have met, we've always had such a laugh because, you know, the entertainment industry is so, I think you need the right attitude in it. You need to kind of laugh about it. That's why I can tell you stories. I've always been that self-deprecating person because it's funny, you know, it's funnier to just tell it like it is, you know, because you have to. You've got to love it. It's hard unless you walk out on. If I, I use stage as an analogy, really. If you unless you walk out on stage, and you're you love it, then if you don't love that moment, somebody said to me, "I said a great performer." Said to me, "I said, of course you know, dear. We only do it for the applause." It's a few years ago, and it's never, and I've never forgotten it because every time I get announced and I walk on, I'm only ever listening for the applause, and if I get that. Yeah. I come on one wing and I go off the other. And as soon as you get a lovely pause, you're there. You're lovely. That 400-mile journey you've just made doesn't matter. It does. I was going to say, it's all about the sort of, it's the bigger picture in a way. Because I say, people say to me, what did you love about jobs you did in TV? And I said, oh, I loved everything. And they go, what do you mean by everything? I said, I loved the smell of the studio. You know, when I used to work at the BBC, I loved the smell of the There's a smell to a TV studio. Yeah. I loved that smell. I loved the really not great baked potato I would have in the green tea bar with the melted cheese and way too much <laughs> butter in it. But it was yeah. kind of great and I could taste it today. I loved the really awful coffee and stuff like that, but somehow the whole thing. But you're right, it was that moment and then you've got that moment and nothing else matters. I love rehearsal. Yeah. I love nothing more than trying to make the cameramen laugh because they've seen everything and everyone and they don't yeah. laugh, barely even paying attention, to be honest with you. And if you can make them laugh, you know, you've, you've, and is, you've, and is it now going back to sort of where we are now with COVID and everything? I, I guess with everybody wearing masks and socially distant, is it, is it a very different, it must be such a different atmosphere? Yeah, it is really. You're sort of in and out nowadays because we've done so much in advance. For example, on this year strictly, we've done all the group dances, we've, we've done them in advance, we pre recorded all of those, which was great from the technical perspective, from the sort of telly perspective. Um, yeah. There's no audience anyway, so you're not really doing it for the audience. Um, they get more goes at it. So, you know, it's like with a pre-record, they like to have a few goes at these things. Uh, and that's better, really, because they can show it better and get better shots and use more of the technical sort of side of production um, and projections and things like that. And they've got this new thing called AR, augmented reality or something. Oh, don't. Oh, it's oh mother. <laughs> and, it's lovely. So you can have an elephant walking across the screen. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Bill Bailey had an elephant <laughs> randomly. There's an elephant. Yeah, I've done with that. And it looks like he's in the studio. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Amazing. So you can add all that stuff when you've got a bit of time. So that's yeah. lovely. But it does mean on show days, you're sort of dipping in and out. So you go in, do your thing and then leave because you haven't got to be there for so much time. And, and, and you're not encouraged to stay. <laughs> there's, no, there's no after chat in the green room. It's sort of like... Thanks, Anton. No, Bye. No, Get out. There's no green room. Get your mask on and go. It's so bizarre, isn't it? It's just yeah. bizarre. I mean, what's the other option? We don't do it. That's not yeah. an option. 
thought, really. I mean, it's it's brilliant that we're doing it, and I'm and I'm delighted. And I and I still want you to do it. <laughs> I still want you to do it. I was thinking about you when you said earlier, very kindly. Some people aren't in shape. I thought, no, I'm much more worried that you'd try and do a lift and you'd go, you'd slip a disc trying to get me up. Particularly, <laughs> I'm really come up. Don't you worry, love. I'll get you up one. <laughs> Well, I didn't want to say, but I thought, honestly, you know, there must be that moment you think, okay, just meeting Emma today. And then you're, what must go through your mind is like, okay, so she's, she's a generous size 12. Okay, let's see where you get those power. Because I know people lose the weight, you know, during it and get into shape, but there must be that first meeting where you're thinking this could be a challenge. Or on the other hand, is that the bit where you go home to your wife and you go, do you know what? I'm going to be so fit in about three weeks because I've got to lug Emma round a dance floor, and I've sweated 52 pounds worth of water a day off this beautiful physique. <laughs> so when my wife prods me, she goes, oh, you're very firm. I know I've had Emma in the air all day. <laughs> <laughs> but keeping fit, have you managed to, I mean, what did you do during lockdown? Did you just like dance around your house? I mean, how did you keep, because you well, must, all joking aside, your fitness and health must be of prime importance to you. Well, it is. It's it's sort of, I say, it's your job. It's it's part of your job to be in shape and, and all that. And you do whatever you need to do. What I did during the first lockdown is I started my own YouTube channel, AntonDebec.tv. I mean, it was only ever a matter of time. I mean, and brilliant. We did an 11 o'clock dance class. So 11s is with Anton. And then in the afternoon at three o'clock, which we moved to five, six o'clock, I think a lot of people found it easy to get there. Um, we did fit at 50. So we did a fitness class. So I did 11 o'clock in the morning dancing at a bit of a dance in the, uh, in the children's room. Uh, do you know the expression, roll up the rug, whatever, in a dance? Well, it was absolutely that in the children's room. It was live. And so I had a live on, which was my favourite part about it, really. So I had all these people, and I, I, would have, I would be doing all this stuff whilst holding the iPad, going, oh, Amber, hello, my love. And I'd be reading out all this stuff. And what's going on with your curtains? What do you mean, what's going on with my curtains? And it was lovely because, and we had, I had a wonderful community of people join. We had a, it was like a club, and every day, and because the chat was live, people would be online chatting half an hour last started, and I'd say it to people when, when I was doing interviews and talking about it. I'd say the thing I love about it the most is the live chat because although we're in isolation, nobody wants to be isolated, and and it was really important that everybody was in it. And, and being involved and contributing. And I said, if you're, if you're doing the classes, I said, contribute to the live chat because it's great fun. That's why social media came Hi. into its own, I think, because I think, you know, for all the bad of social media, the good of social media was that the creativity, you, you know, not just you, but the creativity that was out there with people doing things. I've, you know, interviewed other people that were doing concerts and things. And it's, it's incredible what people yeah. were able to do. That's what I loved. That was the good bit about it. I did a lovely thing with Carrie Barlow. We did one of his uh, sessions. He did I a- saw that. I session. saw that session. That was incredible. Now, I, I love Gary. Don't fact, we all love Gary? Gary, and I, I, love, I love him. And he's a beauty. Let's just have a Gary moment. There's nothing not to love about Gary Barlow. He's a beautiful guy. I love him. He's a beautiful I, man. He's just lovely and kind. I know he's been on Strictly, come on to Strictly over the years, and, and you sort of become friends and suddenly and then you, you meet them other you know it's like you know yeah. you somebody at another event you go, oh hello my love and you and off you go we did this thing together and it was just gorgeous and i love doing it i'm singing with gary barlow for goodness sake and 
all of that stuff was because got connected really doing it this way and the sort of technicalities of life didn't get in the way I was going to say people had the time to Mm. do that because actually in the world pre-covid or the whatever the normal was or whatever it was like getting you two together to sing in a studio would have been like months of endless people sort of ringing and chatting and 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 sorting and 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 actually that I I watched those I thought all of his sessions were just brilliant Brilliant. you know and it also gave a rawness to everybody I think everybody because I think the downside of social media this is with my serious hat on is is the unauthentic side of it I think what Covid did with social media is it made everybody raw you're dancing in your kid's bedroom with the rug rolled up Gary's in his living room singing with you like it had a real rawness to it that I loved I thought that was just great basically Mm. I've always been the person the sort of person to to go uh if I want to do something or or speak someone I'll just ring them I'm a bit old school I like to ring people I'd I'd go M my love fancy dance I've got a thing next weekend. Let's have a dance. Yeah. Otherwise, I've got to find out who such and such is re- represented by, and I've got to get my people to ring them, and then they've got to ring them. I'm not yeah. that person. I'm this person. Hello, my love. What are you doing on th- Thursday? If you fancy having a bit of a thing, lovely. Yeah. All right. And that's that's what happened during uh, a lot. I, I was going to say. I think that's what's wrong. People. I think that is what's happened. I think it's gone back to that, which is so much better. Mm. I mean, I've spoken to so many more people and, you know, rung people up and and, and had more good chats with people and stuff like that and seen much more than I loved. And I mean, I hope, I mean, of course, that being said, I'm longing for this to be... Over. Over. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I want to speak to your agent again via another agent, another agent and your PA and what... No, I just mean, I feel like, I feel like I've been through all of the all of the emotions now. Do you know what I mean? And actually my sister made me laugh so much yesterday because I speak, obviously there's a five hour time gap and it works quite well because she's got terrible insomnia. She's a really bad sleeper. So often she wakes up at night and that's when she'll ring me. It'll be like one in the morning, her time, but it'll be dinner time for me. And we have these great sort of nighttime chats. That's been the good of going <laughs> last night. She ran me and she said, I've only been asleep for four hours. She I woke up and there was a vaccine. And she said, <laughs> She said, I'm lying here and it's one in the morning and I'm thinking, am I in a surreal dream? Because it is a bit of a surreal dream. It's a little bit like every day has brought something new, different, good, horrendous. Like there's been no two days alike. And she said, I only had a four hour nap. There's a vaccine come out. And those four hours, when I went to bed, it was doom and gloom. I've woken up, it's one in the morning. Suddenly there's a cure. I was like, I know. And then the next day it's different. So I think we've all been through... So much. I hate the word new normal as well. I don't I don't want new normal. No. What I do like, actually, I don't like the fact that we've all run out of money. I hate that. And the fact yep. that some industries have changed beyond all repair. But what I do like is that, that people have taken a moment to go, OK, let's just have a, a reassess of our lives and what we're doing here. And do I really want to be schlepping there every single day? when I should be spending more time here with my family or wherever it is, can we make this work in another way? That, yeah. because 
what happens in life is, as you know, life becomes a bit of an add-on. So you always just add on stuff to what you're already doing. When sometimes you just need to stop, get rid, start again. And but life gets away, and we can't do that. Well, like you said, going back to the beginning, like that time you've had with your kids and that energy that you put into that moment, you 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 don't get that back. Like you, no. you don't get that back. I mean, part of the reason I stopped working at that point in my life was I couldn't, I hated missing out on that. And I made a sort of fundamental choice at that point to step back. Cause I was like, I can't, I don't want a phone call from somebody saying, oh, they've just had their first smile, but you missed yeah. it. But cause it would have broken my heart. And so I think you've, you were that time and that you've had must just be cherished really and it'll probably make you moving forward to think well actually I've always got to make a little bit of that time for that you can't have it again you it won't you know you're not gonna if somebody said once on you lie on your deathbed and you're not gonna say I wish I'd I wish I'd worked more and you know they say it goes so far you know people go oh enjoy them when they're young because it goes so fast and you're going oh really and, and it does you blink twice and they're three and a half years old and Oh, trust me. I talk about people say how in there I'm talking about my kids and they go, oh, it's lovely, Emma. You know, how old are they? And I go, oh, 24 and 21. They're like, <laughs> I'm still going, my baby's this, my baby's that. I've got six foot babies. Trust me. That seemed like yesterday, literally yesterday. And they're fully, you know, they're, <laughs> they're big, full people. They're people. Yeah, they're people. They're not little people. And my son, I used to call him Tiny as a nickname because he was really weeny in his class. And the other day... <laughs> He said to me when I was with him in the lockdown, he went, Mum, the tiny name needs to go now. He said, because I'm six foot two. <laughs> and he said, and, and it's kind of embarrassing. And I said, I know, I forget. And he's like, but you mustn't forget, because like I'm, it's like mortifying, basically. You know, it's not yeah. tiny. It's embarrassing for your mum to call you tiny, isn't it? But right. it wasn't when he was it, tiny. Mum, really? In front of my friends. <laughs> so I have to ask you before you go, yeah. my key questions, which are, because obviously I could chat to you all day and obviously I want to now have a live Zoom dance session. Um, what gives you life? Well, my children, I love it more. Now, this could be because I had them when I was a bit older. You know, some people might say I had them when I was 50. I'd say I had them when I was 35. So I was already a bit older when I had the children with Hannah, um, who, who is an, uh, an older mum as well. Um, they do use some dreadful terms. Oh, God, I was going to say, I'll say it for you, but they say geriatric, don't they, when you're an old man? It's so awful. Terrible thing to suggest. A geriatric pregnancy? You're just like, honestly? Mum's a geriatric? Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> it's so awful. I'm having a baby. You'd have to wheel me in. <laughs> um, wow. It is hilarious. So maybe because we had the children when we were a bit older, they, it's a funny thing. Up to that age, or up to that point, I'd essentially lived my life for me. And in the effort to improve myself at what I did. So everything was focused on me being better at what I did, whether it being a competitive dancer, whether it being a, a, a singer, whether well, essentially whether it being a dancer, just everything was about being a, being a better dancer, performer, being better in front of the camera, being better in front of an audience, being better when I was competing competitively. So everything was geared to, to me and focusing on what I was doing and making it improve. So my whole life is all about improving me. 
as soon as the babies come along, you have exactly the same attitude, but for a completely different reason. And you still want to be fabulous and you still want to be the best you can be, but for them. And everything is about them and doing it for them. So I want to be in better shape now than I ever wanted to be. I, when I was making world finals around the world as a competitive dancer, being in the most perfect condition physically and mentally and competitively that you could ever be in, I want to be in even better shape that, than that now because I want to be sort of perfect for my children. Yeah. So they say, come on, Dad. Well, Daddy, they call me Daddy. Come on, Daddy. And I'll be there and I'm off. Not going, hang on, let me just get up. I know, my old knees. No, I don't want any of that. I, what do you mean, geriatric? So I'm off. And, yeah. I, and you do everything. For, and, and I want to dance better because I want them to go, look at Daddy. He's great. At the moment, they're loving. They're at an age now where they watch me on television. And I do two things. Daddy does two things on television. He either dances or talks. <laughs> That's all you need. Hey, Daddy, Daddy needs to do. That's it. And do but they must love watching you. They must just it's love lovely. watching you. It's lovely. And if I go, if I'm, I'm saying I'm going to work, it essentially means I'm going to be on on television. Yeah. That's what gives you. That's life. what gives you. So, what about what feeds your soul? It, it is. It is everything because I'm very fortunate. I I have a, a a job. I don't want to call it a job. I do what I love to do. I'm able to do that as my job if you like I can't imagine doing anything else and I I love it so much because I get so much joy out of it and in actual fact if I'm not doing it I'm a nightmare horrific horrific like this now when I'm out I'm dancing and we're in lockdown so I can't do anything and I'm sitting around oh yeah. my wife says you've got to leave the house <laughs> go go to the supermarket or something what do you mean go to the supermarket so and I and I but I do that with the children in mind because I I I want more than anything else at some stage to be on stage with my children doing a song. Oh, I want yeah. to go out and sing a little song with my children. Oh, I, I would I, love that too. I just want to do a little thing just yeah. with them. Well, just, you will undoubtedly you will do that yeah. because I love it. I love it. What is your daily mantra? Well, two things, really. One, something my mum's always said to me growing up, and one, something my old teacher used to say to me. He used to say, get better, get better. I used to come in from a, for a lesson, and he said, how'd you go at the weekend? Did a competition somewhere. I go, oh, terrible, terrible. And I, uh, my, and I used to go like this. She was a nightmare. My partner was such an unpleasant man. She was a nightmare, heavy, couldn't shift it. And an amusement. <laughs> Awful. I don't know what was How was your result? And no, a terrible result. I mean, I don't know why beat. I can't stand why he beat me. I, I'm so much better than they are. And then he beat us and, and complained about everything. And and after you know, after a period of time, he went. Every week you come in for a lesson, and every week you tell me it's somebody else's fault. You've never once told me it's your fault. I said, How very dare you? Never once said it's your fault. And let me tell you something. She's great. It's you that's the problem. I was mortified. He said, when the dust settles and it all finishes, there's only one person you can blame, and that's yourself. He said, so you've just got to get better. Yeah. That's all there is. That's the only thing 
you have control over. You have no control over the music, what the floor's like, what the, the ballroom's like, what the other couples are doing. You have a little control over how your partner's going to perform on the day. You have to be the best you can be. And so you have just got to get better because you've got a lot of work to do. All right, don't be <laughs> yeah. and, um, and my mum has always said, just work hard. That's always been her thing. Because she's Spanish, my mum, my father's Hungarian, my mother's Spanish. And when they came over to the UK during the troubles in their own countries, I mean, Franco, Spain and the uprising in, in, in Hungary, they came over to the UK for a better life. And they, they literally, the pair of them had two jobs each. And it was always about work, work hard, work hard, work hard. And essentially get a job and earn money. That's really it, really. I mean, my mum was always, always that way. I never knew I have a day off work from being ill. It's a very good foundation that my parents worked hard, you know, and it was always that. I think it's how you're, and you'll bring your kids up the same, that, you know, what you put in is what you get out. And, you know, you learn to pick yourself up, dust yourself off. Mm. Feeding you that line, start all over again. Start all over again. <laughs> there is nothing else to do, really. That's the only thing you can do is just look towards, look inwards. The first place you have to look is in, and then you can have a look elsewhere, as they say. And it's well, it's very generous of you because sometimes when you're when you're working with the celebrities, it would be quite hard to always blame yourself for those. <laughs> oh, I think, I, sometimes you have to you have to keep a look. If you're doing a step, if now if I'm dancing with you, for example, and if I use this line, you know you're awful so if i if i give you a piece of choreography and we're working on this piece of choreography and it's terrible i mean awful it's like you've taken one of your legs off and put it back on again back to front. if if we're having a moment like that and i say to you i go listen this piece of choreography this is not the greatest piece of choreography i've ever put together i have to be honest with you i'm not i'm not delighted with this i'm gonna have a change of this because you're doing it Great, I said, but I don't think it really works in what we're trying to achieve. Oh. And then I'll change it. So if I ever use that line to you, know this, <laughs> you're crap. Because <laughs> I know when you were working with Ruth, I love Heyman and Ruth, and Ruth was like, literally, love. I love Ruth. And look, Ruth was like, Anton was like the sweetest person ever. Because you are lovely to people though. Because I could have, but now I know that. I mean, now that's just disaster, isn't it? We can never dance together ever now. But you'll be going, oh. this choreography is rubbish, Emma. And I'll be like, oh my God. This is exactly Ruthie. One, I love Ruth. And she was hilarious because you get tired and emotional yeah. about everything. It's hard, hour after hour. And not going in, still can't do it. Try it again. Let's do it again. All right, not bad. Let's try it again. Okay, similar. One more time. Here we go. Okay. All right, don't do your own stuff. Just try and do the stuff I showed you. All right, here we go. And all oh, lovely. And now you're getting it. I mean, you see, you see, if we had a go at something, and I'd say, yeah, well, not great. I said, your arms weren't very good on that. You weren't what we've been working on. I'd see the, the old tears start to well up. And then I'd go, but your feet were amazing. And then the they die down. <laughs> if I went to her one, if I'd go to her, the, the, the arms didn't work and the feet were awful as well, I'd have the tears. <laughs> I couldn't give her two. I couldn't give her two. <laughs> Only one. I get one. So I'd go, the arms need a bit of work. A little well but. up. The, the feet, amazing. And calm. <laughs> do you try that again? Or would you like some tea? Oh, great. Here's a cake. Come on. Off we go. 
That's the magic of it. And I, oh, I, as I say, I, I'm so thrilled that, that Strictly has sort of survived COVID in, in whatever shape or form it is. And I'm thrilled that, A, you've got those, you're, you are going to go back on tour and I've, we've now got it on tape. You've said forever. So um, you're going to go forever and ever and ever. And, and I can't wait to see that. I can't, when, I, when I'm next back in England, I'll come and see you wherever you are in your in the UK, let me know and we'll have a dance. Okay, well, I would love that. Let's hold that thought, Anton. Let's hold that thought. I'm gonna, I'm going to tell my mum that bit of this conversation because she, I don't know that she can get this podcast. She's not very technical, but I'm gonna tell her that you said that if I was on the show, we'd be amazing. It's enough. It's all she needs. She's the show's biggest fan. So I'll just say, Anton said if we'd been on, we would be amazing. Well, tell me her phone number. I'll ring her myself. I would love that. Oh my gosh, she'd love that too. Hello, she'd my love that too. And your book, congratulations. Keep writing, keep doing more because a Christmas to remember is going to make it a Christmas to remember. Thank I'd love you. to give a bit of a plug to a book, plug to your tour, and I and thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm so delighted. This has been a joyous celebration. It's been monumental. It's been a melange of fabulousness. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And also, if you've enjoyed this episode, do leave a five-star review and you can find out more by going to buyemma.co.